Hello, good morning, how you doing? I hope you're doing well, and I hope all things are going well. I'm on a walk this morning, and uh, I want to share with you my latest uh, meditation, and I titled this, and, and it, this is going to surprise you, but it is for your good. I promised myself that I was going to tell people the real truth that enables them is that it's actually truth that makes you free and one dimension of truth one dimensional way in which truth sets you free is that it sets you free from self-imposed limitations for instance if you are a business owner and your people around you cannot tell you the real truth maybe because they know that you're going to get angry or you're going to um, you're not going to you're not going to listen they're not open somebody who's not open to to being told the truth and we have had bosses like that I've had bosses like that and I'm sure you've had bosses like that the only the only problem is we never know when we have bosses like that right when we are the bosses like that we don't know because it's a blind spot you know we we do not know that we are blind we're we're blind to our own blindness so in that case if you are that business person truth freedom and liberty to you will be you being set free from yourself so when jesus said and the truth shall make you free it is that it shall deliver you from wrongfully interpreting your own life for your own convenience, the bondage to your own comfort and to your own personal convenience. That bondage is what needs to be broken. It is not your bondage to any other bondage. Listen to me, I'm telling you that if that bondage, if self-bondage is not there, people cannot bind you to anything. How do people get into bondage? They, they, they give them a porridge. So bondage is actually based, or bondage is baited by the desires that we have, desires that we keep, all right? The passion for porridge is inside a person's desire, okay? <laughs> and so someone who's not desiring porridge, no matter how much you how savory you made you make the porridge it's not going to they're not going to be baited someone who is not greedy no matter how much you try to paint the investment as great in fact the more you try to oversell it the more suspicious they get and they walk away from you but someone who is already prone to being greedy would look for 50% in 30 days, 45% in 60 days, you know, uh, uh, stuff. And and they'll follow deceptions like that. Someone says you can sell $1,000, by the end of the year you're going to reap $100,000. And you go front, you drop your offering, you say you're deceived. No, you're not. You're in bondage to yourself. Yourself, of the self that you are using, the rope of greed. 
to bind yourself to convenience. The seeking of ease. E-A-S-E. Ease. How? I want it to be easy. You know, easy in the way that says, I don't want you to cost effort. I don't want you to, I, I don't want you to exert me. I don't want you to, to, to need me to, to apply myself. Of course, you're already open to all kinds. You're at the risk of all kinds. Doctors will tell you that if you eat certain foods, you're at the risk of certain diseases. It's not that you have that disease. You have the risk to develop them because those are the risk factors of those diseases. The risk factors of bondage are in our addiction to convenience convenience and ease. Convenience, we, com- we confuse convenience with effectiveness. You know, and efficiency with ease. Ease is not efficiency. No, no, no. The ease is not in the person who is operating the system. The ease is inside the system. That one stage gives rise to another and passes over to another and those stages can interact with each other without problems. That is the ease. But to create that system is not easy. It is possible, but not easy. I want to speak about grace today. Grace, the error of a single story. You know, we started by talking about Paul, the apostle. As our case study, I want to root it in Paul because Paul was... If anybody wants, if you talk about grace, you're going to think Paul. There's, there's no other name you're going to think about when you think about grace. Of course, apart from the Lord Jesus Christ himself, who is our Lord and Master, who is full of grace and truth, you're going to talk about Paul being an apostle of grace, an expositor of grace. All right? And... When you look at the life of Paul in the New Testament as a person who manifested probably the most, um, the most uh, measure or the highest measure of this grace, you're not going to define Paul's life as easy. His life was not easy. Accomplished, yes. Excellent, yes. Purposeful, yes. Amazing, extraordinary, oh yes. Desirable, oh yes, we want the life that Paul had. Effective, oh yes. In fact, you see, he's so so competent was Paul that he rated himself when he finished. He said, I have run the race. I have kept the faith. He said, I have finished the work. <laughs> oh my God. He, he marked his own script. Because when you really, continue, when you get to the root of this matter called grace, you will realize how individualistic it can be. It's an intelligent energy. And that is why I want to dismantle your single story about grace. It is that our single story 
that is stopping us from accessing the truth, the real truth about grace. And then also manifesting this truth in our lives. That single story is the problem. You know, I was praying about my work and you know my career, and I was, you know, sort of like discussing the Holy Ghost to teach me. You know, he said, I want to teach you how to look at it. Though you're an insider, I want to teach you how to look at it like an outsider. He said, every time people are able to explain the reason why something is not working, they're not expressing reality, they're expressing a belief system. I want you to think about it, because this has ramifications for your life, for for the way you think about your circumstance, the way you are approaching everything. It's a natural thing, it's how we are. Single stories are never true. Once they become single stories, they are no longer realities, they are belief systems. For instance, there is a particular single story in my industry. If you ask anyone why a film did not do well in the cinema, the story you're going to hear is that, oh, it didn't do well because it is not comedy. You get what I mean? That is a single story. That's a single story. And that is not truth or reality. That is a belief system. Look, anyone you see, if you ask a poor man on the road today, why are you poor? He's going to give you five people who are supposed to have helped him who did not do what they were supposed to do. And that's why he's poor. If you ask a business person today in Nigeria, why are you not doing well? It's going to say the socio-economic situation. If you ask a, a Christian, what does grace mean? This is what he's going to tell you. This is the story in his head. I'm doing what I'm doing. Someone comes along, helps me, just changes my life. That's their grace story. Listen, it doesn't matter how long they pray. It doesn't matter how strongly they pray. It doesn't matter how often they pray. This is what they are imagining. And as long as this is what is in their imagination, they are not praying the nature of grace. They are praying their belief. Was that how it happened to Paul? That someone just came along when Paul was doing his thing and the person just helped him and tium, Paul's life just changed. Oh no, I'm not describing salvation. All of us experienced the, the, the grace of salvation and that sudden upsurge in our aspirations, our belief and everything. But two weeks later, we know what happened. We all remember what happened. Every one of us has specific stories about what happened two weeks later, two months later, one year later. You do know that it is more than that. Now, beware of anyone who has a reason why something did not work. In fact, if you get your worker 
into the room. Now, let's say you had an event over the weekend and things went completely wrong. Alright? And today is Monday. And you call your staff into a room and they sat around the table and you said, tell me why that happened. The person who is most sure about why something went wrong is the person who made it so because they're not expressing they will not be if they are sure absolutely certain and that is why things did not work if they are absolutely certain and they say that this is this is the story anyone who has a single story who is insisting that that is why it did not work you have to check they had that belief system before they started the project and they probably worked hard to make sure that that thing did not work because of their single story. Look, I told you when you started this message that I'm not, I, wasn't, I was going to try to be nice. And this is the nicest I was to myself. You know, I had to tell myself in a way that I would understand it, that it would enter into my, into my brain and, and my spirit. I had to present it without guile or without deception, you know, inside it. Because there are some things that must be known. They must be known in their purest forms and respected in their purest forms. One of the things that must be known about what we know is the nature of the thing by itself without us even interacting with it. We first need to understand the thing, you know, not, not our interaction with the thing. Because once we start to interact with the thing, what happens is there's a tendency for us to inject ourselves. And, and um, unfortunately, our limitations on what we are looking at, okay, and and not the thing itself to understand it the way it is. The nature of grace is not, doesn't fit our single story. We need to know that. We need to challenge our single story about grace. And we need to, every one of us has it. You, you, you have imagined what you think grace will do. And you have imagined it in a very single way. You know, a grace will come, someone will just come and give me funding for this project. And that is what I would interpret to be grace at work in this project. And I'm telling you that that may not necessarily be the case. You may actually dig deep into the project, get a perspective about the project that sees a self-sustaining virtue in the project that doesn't even need financing at all to get off the ground. That is that is what I'm trying to say. That the way you're looking at how it's going to be is actually it 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 is it, on a faulty foundation of the critical ingredient of why you think it will be so, which is grace. You think that if grace comes, it will be the end of you staying up at night but I'm here to tell you that sometimes grace keeps you up at night again 
getting it. Yes, it does. It can. It might keep you up at night. Yes, it, it can. You know, as a matter of fact, I would risk it to say it should. In fact, I would go ahead to say that it shall. It will make you to do some things at some unusual times. Grace might send you back to school, for instance. You understand what I mean? It, 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 I, want you to, I want you to open your mind. And what I'm going to do is deconstruct, deconstruct your assumptions because assumptions are like clouds in in the in the in the dimension of knowledge assumptions are clouds you know how clouds are on 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 the sun is always shining the sun is always shining but you you don't you don't really see the beauty of the sun because you're on another clouds and to whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them that do not believe. It is not that they don't have the capacity to believe. It is that photosynthesis is not taking place. The ability is inside their leaves to photosynthesize food by exposure to the sun. Alright? So what the enemy does is not to remove their ability to photosynthesize. Mm-hmm. No, no. It is to block their uh, access to the sun. You get what I mean? So when he creates that cloud in your mind, that cloud is made up of your 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 up, upbringing, your 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 trauma, your 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 conditionality is in your mindset. You know, the the way your mindset is constructed, the authority figures in your life, the way you were born and, and your, your, your form up, you know, impression about who you think God is because you think God is just, you know, uh, a, a, a man who, who makes emotional, you know, decisions and emotional promises. It is not so. It is not so. Uh, and those beliefs are, They've, they made you form assumptions about your present circumstances that are now blocking your access to seeing the sun. Because really, you were designed in such a way that if you saw the truth, which is the light of God, your spirit would respond in the right way. Hallelujah. You were born with that possibility that your spirit would respond in a particular way. It is a given that when your spirit is almost like when the baby sees a mother, it is things happen. Things happen beyond the control of the baby itself. The baby has no he you we there is a way in which we all become creatures of instincts. There is, there is a condition, there is a temperature and pressure <laughs> that we become creatures of instinct. So there are things that happen around us, to us, that expand our lives. And that's the exposure to real light. So if expansion has not happened, 
we say that maybe we have been hanging around the light. We have been seeing glitters and rays of light, but we have not really seen the light. Is it possible? God, God, it's far from me for me to try to tell you what's happening in your life. The only thing I'm just asking you to do is to think about it. The error of a single story. Grace, what is it? Take a second look at it and root your study in Paul. I gave you the first thing, you know, when we read the book of Galatians chapter 1. And I told you, the first thing that I think, I'm not, I'm not telling you what to do, but when I studied the life of Paul, the first thing I saw that he did was a to not do. It was not a to do. It was a to not do. And I tried to share with you in the last message that I shared that Paul said, when it pleased God to reveal his son in me, I immediately, the word immediately is, is there. I immediately did not. Now, when someone says I immediately did not, it may not make grammatical sense. You must say I immediately, um, what, what should come is what he did. I immediately um, separated myself. It would have been easier to say that. But no, Paul, the doctor of letters, he said, I immediately did not confer with flesh and blood. Think about it. Go meditate on it and check whether what I'm saying makes sense because the word of God is there for us to read. And we are just looking at grace in the life of Paul. And so we can understand it for real, for real, how it translates to me as an entertainer, as a speaker, as an author, as a career businessman, what it means to me today, right now. I've got to understand the real grace. Not all these things that I've been hearing, everybody says by the grace of God. You don't mean them every day. In fact, who will question you if you don't say it? If you say something like, oh, I'm going to come tomorrow, I'll say it tomorrow. Take care. Someone will correct you and say, yes, by the grace of God. How is it? But look around it. Look around it. In fact, single story tells you. Why are you still alive? I'm alive by the grace of God. It's only the grace of God that has given me a life. Those days, it's by the grace of God that I'm, that I'm alive. I'm alive by the grace of God. The grace of God is living in my life. So that's, that's why I'm here. Okay? But, um, okay, the grace is sponsoring the existence, but, but it's not sponsoring the meaning for the existence. And is, is it not supposed to be 
Is grace something that is selective, that comes into your life and only just, only just keeps you holding on? Would, what, what is the infrastructure of grace like in somebody's life? These, these are questions that we need to ask. We need to go beyond our single stories of grace and interrogate grace as to how it happened in the lives of those that exemplified it. And then we can understand how to position ourselves to get the maximum benefit from grace. So, I said, the first thing to do to manifest grace is to check the first thing that the person who exemplified grace did. And that is the purpose of the study that I hope I've put you on now, which is to check. Check the book of Galatians and read what he said there in chapter 1 about when he pleased God to reveal his son in me, I immediately conferred not with flesh and blood. Check what he did then. Check what he didn't do then. Ask the scriptures why he did not do that. What is it that poisons grace? Once we root our dreams and the purpose that God reveals to us, once we root it in our present relationships in the flesh or our present understanding of the environment in which our purpose is about to happen, why do we always plug what is new into what is old? Trusting that what is old would have the life, the required life. And when you say the beginning life of something is this DNA, what is not present at that beginning cannot be injected later. So I'm already answering the question, but I want you to go do your search yourself so you can see how to root that principle in how you are approaching grace. First of all, you have to find that the place is God to reveal his son in you. That's one thing, first of all. How is God going to reveal his son in me, Femi Jacobs? How is God going to reveal his son in you, Dorcas? How is God going to reveal his son in you, Agnes? How is God going to reveal his son in you, Unkechi? How and when? And what are the conditions to that point? You have to trace Paul's journey before he got to the point that he was called to ministry. You have to understand that Ananias was sent to him to open his eyes. There's a reason why God didn't break his leg or didn't block his ears. That what needed to happen was because the Bible is full of metaphors and types and stories and depths. The light is hidden. In the, 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 the light is hidden in the darkness. It is, it is in plain sight. The truth. Is, but it kept it away from those who will not treasure it. You know, the, the people of this world. But it said it is given unto us to know the mysteries of the kingdom. But for those who are outside or without, it will be discussed with them in form of parables. So we have to go beyond the parables and there's a reason why Jesus always explained the parables at night. Look, I told you 
that sometimes, well, I've seen the people that are manifesting grace, both in the Bible and in the present day. He keeps them awake at night. I have found out that grace, when the word is quiet, there is something that grace likes to show in the night. I'm not preaching a doctrine, no. No, I'm not, and I'm not saying you should accept it. I'm saying that mm, there's something there that before Paul got to the point that when it pleased God, it would come to a point when it would please God to reveal his son. Not, not to put his son in me. He put it there. The moment I gave my life to Jesus, he put his son in me. I'm inhabited by the spirit of Christ, which made me born again. But then, that son will be revealed in me. It was to these same Galatians he said to them, he said, my little children, of whom I travail, oh, grace travails, oh, 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 Oh wow, God, what's going on here? Grace is traveling you. Only grace and travail. This day, grace will make my life easy. Everything will be easy. But I'm hearing travail here. What's going on, Father? Ah, Abba, travail, okay. Okay, yes, let me go on. So he said, he said, my little children, of whom I travail again in prayer, until Christ formed in you. So, so it will be hidden, it will be formed, then it will be revealed. Okay, all right, all right. It's given as a gift to me. He is in me and redemption. He is in me when I, I am saved now. I have the light of Christ living in me. And now I have the, the spirit of Christ, which is called the spirit of grace living in me. But then uh, it needs to be formed. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember, when someone, you know, is pregnant with, yeah, the seed is with the egg. You know, so the sperm and the egg with the neck. So that seed is sown now. Um, but it needs to grow. Okay, okay, so it grows. Then the baby is formed in the mother. Okay, I'm not trying to teach a doctrine. I'm not telling you this is the way to look at it. In fact, I'm going to stop now so that you can go and look at it yourself by yourself because this grace eh? there's a dimension of it that is very personal there's a way that it unfolds itself there's a way it unfolded itself in the life of Paul that it didn't do so that way in the life of Peter there's a way it unfolded itself in the life of Peter that it didn't do so like that in the life of John there's a way it unfolded itself in the life of John that it didn't do so in the life of James in fact all of them were different from the way it flowed in Jesus. It flowed in a different way. It worked in a different way. Ah, that dude was always disappearing every evening to the mountainside by himself. And then when he shows up, it's always in the first watch of the morning. It's always like four o'clock or five o'clock in Winnie Boy. But we're still talking about grace, guys. This is some grace. How will, how will grace be talked about when your life is concerned? How will grace be exemplified by your life how will grace be manifest in your own life how will it be defined in your own life so i was telling you that before and i'm going to round up there that before the song was revealed it was deposited and was formed but the bible says god sent ananias to paul to open his eyes in the film with the holy ghost and alive an ordinary apostle 
a disciple of Jesus Christ. In the church in Jerusalem, he was sent to lay hands on Paul. And Paul received his sight. Wow. And then the sun was formed in him. And then the sun was revealed. We start the study from when the sun was revealed. But we need to go back and check those areas very well. This is not a prescriptive Bible study. It is just a challenge to you to, to, to go and check that place again and beware, dismantle, destroy, personally tear to pieces your single story about grace. I love you. I'm praying for you. Trust me. I want, all, I want us all to do well, to show the manifold wisdom of God to our generation, to manifest it before we leave this earth in its great colors and its majestic splendors, in its multifarious means and ways and diverse expressions of it. Because this grace is the limitless power of God. And it comes from that living substance that is in God himself. He that hath the Son hath the life. You have it. We have it. And that, my friend, is the greatest gift of grace. Access. I love you. And I'm praying with you. God bless. See you again soon. Family Jacobs. Bye.